The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, now in association with IndiePW.com. We are sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, and in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. Listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, and all those other podcatchers out there. As always, I'm Carl Carafel. And I'm Big Joe. And welcome back to Turnbuckle Talk, everyone. Yeah, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling and... Before we get started here, Carl, as usual, we kind of like to kind of see what's kind of going because, you know, we both live fairly busy lives. You know, we're both still working full-time jobs through all this craziness. So other than work, uh, how are things been going this past week for Mr. Carl Careful up in the icy north of Northern Ontario, Canada? Honestly, I am tired. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I just I working lots, um, bouncing from... Uh, you know, some night shifts to day shifts and stuff like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, it takes, takes a toll on your system. And, uh, my lack of sleep really makes an impact on that. So I have been tired lately and it, it sucks because I, I don't want to be, I want to be able to uh, be up and, uh, yep. you know, doing things with the kids and, you know, while we can in the house and, and stuff like that. So it makes it difficult, but, uh, we press on and, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's about the best that I can do. How's Big Joe been? Well, I, I've kind of been, I mean, in a similar boat. I mean, I don't have quite as much on my plate to do with uh, family and kids and whatnot. Since uh, I'm, a, I'm a single man, I have no other man attached to me. Um, but I know, as I've said, I work a, a regular job. I think I got Carl with that line. You popped a little bit late for that one. But um yeah, I've been working pretty steady through all this, and uh, it's, again, it's it's nice to have a regular paying job, still paying every week, but at the same time, a little bit of a breather would be nice, since so many people are getting all this kind of time off, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even mind just a week to just kind of, just to kind of chill for a little bit. Speaking of taking a week's time off, ladies and gentlemen, you will hear it here first. If you are not part of our social media pages, which you would have seen it there already, but Carl Carafel and the wife are going to be going back. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are going back to the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, the Triple Whammy. February 1st to the 5th, 2021, your boy will be on that ship again, and I cannot wait. Yeah, for sure, man. That sounds like it's going to be a good time. All right, well, let's get to some wrestling discussion here, and this is going to, I, I think, pretty much kind of be the theme of the episode and kind of going off of this topic. We had what I thought was a very good episode of Dark Side of the Ring this past week, dealing with the Dr. D and the slap heard around the world here, Carl. Before we get into some more details about this, what was your take on this episode? Uh, Because so far I got to say this was one of my favorites. While it was a good episode, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily my favorite. Um, it just it felt a little slower than the other ones, yep. almost a little bit too repetitive in things like they really didn't have enough content. Uh, but I mean, very well done. Anyways, I've always been very high on any of the dark side of the ring episodes that have happened. Just this one, I don't think hit it out of the ballpark, so to speak. Yeah, 
but still, it was very well done. For me, it was a lot of the, the details to the story and what kind of happened that I had not necessarily forgotten about, but had kind of just, you know, partially kind of forgotten about. So to see all that kind of stuff resurface, you know, the ABC special that, that was done with this. But uh, to, to start it off here, though, just the, the slap in general. Um, I think that there's some misinterpretations of this as well. Now, when you look at the footage, I don't know if you see the same thing that I do, because the the reporter who was doing the interview, John Stossel, uh, of course, uh, most wrestling fans from back in the time will remember who he is. He was a reporter that did that expose on the on the wrestling business. He claims that he was slapped in the ears. Uh, during this incident, but when I watch the footage, I see an open-faced slap or an open-handed slap, and an open-faced slap doesn't make any sense. O- an open-handed slap on both cheeks because he he hit him. I believe it was on the right side first, dropped him. He got back up and then he dropped him again. Uh, I didn't see contact on the side of the head or like the ears at all. I didn't see on the ears either. What I did see was a classic slap to the face. Yep open-handed not even necessarily across the cheek but more across the uh the jawline and the side of the neck so that's where where people might get you know a misconception of oh he slapped him in the ear well no he really didn't what he did is is classic uh he just kind of slapped him on the side of the face um maybe his his pinky or something caught his ear or maybe you mm-hmm. know or his his uh, uh index finger maybe caught his ear or something but yeah. no i really didn't see that at all it, it was just it was a picture perfect slap to the face right and one thing to take into account here too is we need to look at david schultz himself and specifically carl the way that he was trained and who he was trained by because i think that it's very important here and i think a lot of people aren't uh, really aware of this he was trained by a man called herb welch now this is a man who was trained by some of the original people in professional wrestling so this was traditional old school wrestling and as far as david was concerned when he was training this was legitimate wrestling, Carl. This was uh, not him training to basically be acting in the ring, however you kind of want to word this, fake wrestling, blah, blah, blah. He was really under the pressure. This was this was legitimate. This goes back to the old school mm-hmm. days of catch-as-catch-can wrestling, mm-hmm. and uh, that's, that's exactly what it was. That's how he was taught. Um, he was taught yeah. that you're in there, to make the audience believe that you are legitimately damaging your opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, back in those days, that's 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 what you did. I mean, you you didn't open up the business to the crowd. You just didn't do that. I mean, for for years. I mean, we we saw like television shows and movies and stuff like that, you know, like how long was it before, you know, we, we'd, we'd always hear, you know, filmed in front of a live studio audience, but we never saw the audience. So we never really knew, right. We weren't exposed to that watching television. The same thing with professional wrestling. I mean, you weren't exposed to anything that was in the back and that's the way that it was. And, and, those days, you know, clearly have gone. They're dissipated. Mm-hmm. We all know what happens now, especially in the age of the Internet. We all know what happens. Uh, it's put out there for us by everybody. Right. But back then, no, your life and your pay was based on you. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this again brings up the term kayfabe, which I'm sure that, you know, some new wrestling fans kind of think that they know kind of what the term is, or maybe that it's kind of misconstrued there. Where it really kayfabe just really kind of stands for what you just talked about, Carl. When you were a professional wrestler, you are that professional wrestler, even when you're in the ring in your day to day life, you maintain that, that persona and everybody else outside of the brotherhood essentially shouldn't and doesn't have access to that information. They're not privy to any of that. Um, this ABC expose that was done definitely didn't help things in this respect. I think it's probably one of, well, it's not the first time 
um, that that things have been kind of exposed. I mean, it's gone back further. And this is one thing that I th- I want to talk about Jim Cornette for a minute because he definitely had a presence in this episode. And um, Jim gets a lot of heat for a lot of his opinions and his stance and when he breaks down wrestling shows and is particularly harsh on WWE. Um, he on the other side of things is very, very, very knowledgeable when it comes to the history of professional wrestling. That's something he doesn't get a lot of credit for. If you were to go to the castle of Cornette, which is basically the upstairs part of his home, he has probably one of the most extensive and comprehensive collections of wrestling memorabilia and uh, a lot of the, um, the bits of history and whatnot. He keeps track of everything. Um, he gets a lot of heat for his opinions and I get it. But I mean, at the same time, he is very, very knowledgeable and you need to kind of pay attention to what he talks and just kind of put aside, you know, the, uh, the stigma of, oh, uh, Garnett's talking, he's a dick and I don't want to listen to him. No, when this kind of stuff, listen to what he says because he's very knowledgeable and knows what he's talking about. And the original stance on kayfabe, you know, he's 100% correct about he definitely is. Jim Cornette is a living, walking, talking, breathing, wrestling encyclopedia. Yeah, man. He definitely is. Um, even in this episode, <laughs> you you were taken into, and, and past episodes as well, but mm-hmm. this one you really kind of saw uh, a lot of the stuff that's inside the, the attic or the upstairs uh, portion of his house. And there's newspaper articles. There are, yeah. you know, old posters, um, you know, from different shows that have happened. Uh, like he, he has so much stuff there and he's been in the business. So he, this guy lives and breathes Absolutely. the business of professional wrestling. Yeah. I liken him to somebody like, um, Big Chris Joe. Angel oh, okay. or Harry Houdini. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. We're kind of, kind of, kind of looking at the same type of a, uh, of a brotherhood going on there. Do you think Harry Houdini really released anything from the world of illusions and magic? Absolutely. David Copperfield, same thing, right? Like these people that are in the world of illusion and magic, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. It's a brotherhood. Yep. It is, it, it's, it's, it's a secret society. Mm-hmm. essentially and that's what professional wrestling was Absolutely. it was like a secret society mm-hmm. that only a few were allowed into and uh, jim cornett has a real handle on that and still still lives to by that today Absolutely. And, and i i think it's fantastic because we're losing all of those people that that yeah. have that type of a respect for the business Absolutely. And, you know, getting back on, uh, on David Schultz here, uh, he had really worked himself up, um, to the point to where he was one of, uh, Hulk Hogan's, uh, rivals and that they were actually, you know, we're breaking down the fourth wall in the kayfabe, of course, a little bit with this, you know, outside of the ring, you know, they, they were actually good friends with each other. They actually lived with each other at one point, uh, Terry, Hulk Hogan, whatever you want to call him, you know, was actually living with David for a short period of time. And then it got to the point of where we dealt with this situation here and we had the slap and we had the fallout of it. And then, you know, this then was leading up to the first WrestleMania and, Hogan was going to be involved with Mr. T WrestleMania one. And David was basically left in the dark, uh, basically just left off the show. And there's, this is where some conflicting opinions and tales kind of come up here. Um, there were supposedly, I believe it was a house show or some type of live event where, where Mr. T and Hogan were present. And of course, David was there, I believe at ringside and, we have Hogan saying that David attacked Mr. T. And then we have David saying, absolutely, that didn't happen. Now, th- this isn't really anything new, even just outside professional wrestling. When, in these kind of cases, it's always that kind of a he said, she said type of a thing. I know there's no she in this case, but people remember things differently. Now, when it comes to this, it's kind of hard to know who to believe. Uh, I, I, I'm inclined to believe David. Uh, just because I know Hogan's track record isn't all that great when it comes to this kind of stuff. I'm just saying. And unfortunately for, <laughs> for me, it's it's hard to believe Dr. D in this because mm-hmm. he lives by that kayfabe. Yeah, still, so still no matter day. what, yeah. he he's going to spin it into a way yeah. where he 
is made out to be the heel in all of this because he was an amazing heel. And that's that's how he built his career on the kayfabe of him being a bad guy. So, yeah, it's 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 very hard. It's difficult to really know who was telling the truth in this because, I mean, Hogan spins the truth to whatever he needs and Dr. D is going to spin the truth to whatever he needs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, will we ever find out? Probably not. Yeah, but uh, at least we got two stories yeah, for that sure. we can go by, and, and a couple of other things to go along with this uh, to note that I had uh, kind of forgotten about was a Hogan and T showed up on a. I'm assuming that it was probably tied to ABC somehow, or, you know, it was obviously one of the major television networks. It was an appearance uh, leading up to, to WrestleMania one, uh, where Hogan essentially put a, it's, uh, kind of like a reverse sleeper hold, I guess you would call it in the wrestling business. If you were to make like an MMA reference, it's basically like a guillotine, um, choke. It's not, it's not choking across your trigger as it's referred to as a blood choke where you're cutting off the, the blood, uh, and the arteries going to the brain. And he legitimately, um, choked him out and the guy passed out and whacked his head off the floor and Hogan didn't receive any heat for this. And this is one of David's real sticking points. It's like, well, I slapped this guy in the face, you know, twice. And then Hogan actually, you know, made a guy, you know, actually rendered a guy unconscious and, and, and possibly actually injured him. And he got not even a slap on the wrist. So we have a bit of this double standard happening, which uh, again, you know, this isn't just limited to professional wrestling. Double standards exist all over in society and sports and whatnot. And, uh, you know, Hogan being the golden child, you know, he was kind of untouchable, kind of regardless of what he did there. And that's exactly what it was. It was because Hogan was that golden boy. He was the one that really everything was being based around. He was that new guy that Vince McMahon yep. Jr. was building the company off of was Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. So no matter what, Hulk Hogan could have done anything and wouldn't have mattered. Um, but I mean, even, even with that, again, Hulk Hogan now is, was keeping with the kayfabe. Mm -hmm. Um, and even during that, he, he says, you know, like, Hey, they, you know, every, every appearance that we, that we do, if they, uh, start to question what we do, we'll put them into a hold and, mm -hmm. uh, we'll show them how much it actually does hurt and, uh, how real this actually is <laughs> just like Dr. D did. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, definitely there was a double standard that had happened there. Um, unfortunate, but it happened. And of course, you know, Hogan ultimately wasn't completely untouchable because we know that there was, you know, the infamous incident where he ended up being removed from the Hall of Fame and then, you know, and then was kind of reinstated back in there. So, like I said, ultimately he wasn't completely untouchable, just took a lot longer for him. Uh, the, yeah. the, the other big thing uh, on here was with John Stossel himself, um, you know, dealing with the lawyers and, and the... I guess there was one that really kind of questioned just how hurt or injured that he was and basically said that he was holding on uh, to the so-called injury just kind of mentally. There's some term uh, used for that I can't think of off the top of my head. And in the interview during the episode, he literally, he did actually say, you know, I, I did start to feel better once I was paid. Right? Yeah, so, that was... <laughs> so. If you haven't watched the episode yet, go and watch it because that that's honestly, that's how he ended yep. the entire thing. That's how the episode yep. pretty much ended uh, was him in the end saying that this, uh, this doctor that was a doctor provided by WWE um, or the WWF at that time, because that's how things were done. Mm -hmm. um, lawyers had to kind of have, the other side's doctor take a look at the person. Um, yeah. And, and, and just as, as big Joe said, that doctor came in and says, even before examining him or looking at him or anything just says, it's been, it's been a while now. I think you're yeah. just holding on to the pain, yeah. uh, which clearly John Stossel in the end admits yeah. Now, just back briefly, one, one more thing before we move on to our next topic here. Well, I want to get your take on this, uh, on the actual ABC documentary. I don't know if you remember actually watching it. I, I don't. I'm assuming that I, I probably did watch it, but I mean, I was, you know, not even a teenager at, at that point, or I was just, just becoming a teenager. Uh, of this thing with Eddie Mansfield on there and him showing 
all of the uh, insides of the best, even going as far as showing um, how to get color, or how to, to blade, because that was a, a really kind of big one. That I don't think I've ever been exposed up until that point. No, I, I don't believe that it was anything that was ever exposed uh, to that type of an extent. Um, sure, you know, it would have been exposed to maybe some uh, some of the green guys coming yeah. in and, and stuff like that. So those who were, you know, looking to get into the business, definitely. But yeah. um, to an actual reporter, uh, to a journalist, to national television, yeah. I, I think that that was the first time that it actually yeah. ever happened. Um Mansfield can try to defend what he has said uh, to his grave. An interesting take he I, had. Yeah, yeah, very, very much yeah. so. Um, I, I don't agree with what he did. No. Uh, personally, I don't. Because he, strangely enough, felt that he said that he wasn't doing this to expose the business. He felt like he was doing this for the boys. Uh, which, I mean, he's talks about uh, the wrestlers, you know, to try and get them health care and all that kind of stuff. And, I'm still kind of scratching my head over that that approach. I know he believes in his own mind, but uh, yeah, I thought that, 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 that was a little bit odd with that. It very much kind of reminded me of, I forget what the show was called, but you had hinted at earlier dealing with uh, the magic stuff when there was a TV show done uh, with that, uh, the masked magician, I think they called him, where he exposed a lot of the, um, the real classic um magic illusions uh, out there and uh, you know received a lot of flack and I know he ended up exposed I forget who he was but uh, yeah it, it really kind of turned that industry up on its uh, upside down as well so it, it very much reminded me and had that same kind of feel that maybe just not quite to the extent definitely I, I agree with that and I do believe that the uh, show was actually called exposed I think you're correct on that yeah exposed the yeah. secrets of magic. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, this was a like I said, an interesting episode. You know, I I did learn a couple of new things here, and it refreshed my memory on a lot of the stuff I had, I like I said, not necessarily forgotten about, just kind of just sort of lost track of. So it was good to to get in this one. And like I said, this is one of my favorites. Uh, and I've always said to you, I'm very much an old school wrestling fan and still a fan of those original days and the kayfabe. I know that those days are kind of long gone, but we'll, we're going to deal with that a little bit later in this episode as well. Um, next thing that I want to hit on here, Carl, is we're going more modern day with this and we're dealing with a, another release. And this one is strange because it's unexpected, but expected at the same time. Um, and I actually had a lot of confidence and a lot of, I saw a lot of potential in this guy. We're talking about Kane Velasquez who went by his own name. He didn't uh, come up with any, they didn't give him any kind of gimmick professional wrestler name or anything like that, but it it seems as though he has been released from the company, uh, before really getting, getting any kind of momentum. Uh, I believe just the one match that he had. And like I said, you know, this was a guy that, um, was, legitimately trained even uh, did some wrestling actual wrestling down in mexico and yeah seems to be done but i have a feeling that he's not permanently done in professional wrestling i think that this guy actually has a future uh it's just a matter of where he'll end he'll end up that's exactly it it's it's going to be a matter of where he ends up um unfortunately with all of this stuff that's happening um a name that wasn't included before that is has been included now even has been curtis axel um, yeah. the son of Mr. Perfect, he has been released as well. That's and then shortly after that, we got news that Cain Velasquez uh, has been released as well. And I believe that he had two matches and, okay. um, yeah, uh, unfortunately his, uh, career in the WWE has been cut short due to this crazy stuff that's happening in the world, not just professional wrestling, Mm -hmm. but in the entire world right now. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. I don't even want to give a speculation as to where I want to see him go because at this point he can go anywhere. And I think that he will strive and do good. Well, I will give a little speculation just, just to put a little, a couple of feelers out there. I will say either uh, AAA or CMLO. Um, that would just fit, you know, given his his history, his background, or New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think he would fit in there. There's a lot of people like to do MMA wrestling crossover there as well. So I think both places would be uh, appropriate for him. Um, next up, some more WWE stuff. And I, I think this will lead to a larger topic because uh, there's definitely more surrounding this uh regarding social media, why not? Um, Vince 
uh, I, I've, I've seen this in quite a few places now. I try to talk about these things on these episodes. I try, you know, make sure that they're popping up in a number of places so that there's some legitimacy to it. But it seems as though Vince McMahon backstage, essentially now, Carl, has the attitude of, well, I just really don't really care anymore. I, I almost had to kind of censor myself there. He basically just doesn't really care anymore. Um, and I think that you can definitely see that attitude reflected in the product. Now, j- just to make a direct comparison to some, to another company, we're talking AEW. Now th- th- their company and the way they're doing things isn't flawless. They have their issue just like every other company does. I mean, nobody's perfect, but their shows and their storylines tend to kind of flow and a lot of them kind of tie in together they or they intermingle with the wwe product with the majority of of their shows especially with raw and smackdown everything feels chopped up and really separate like hey, it's okay you know, here's this story here's this story and there's nothing tying it all together it's just it feels really kind of choppy and I think that this is largely due to the fact that the the person who has the final say just really doesn't care anymore and i really do get that impression I do as well. It almost feels as though um, they have a plethora of writers that are just specific to a storyline. So it seems like, okay, this this thing happening here, there's one person to write that. And then this happening here, there's one person to write that. And this happening here, there's only one person to write that. But I don't want you guys talking to each other. You just bring everything to me at the end, right? So they really have no way or no chance to intermingle and, and meld things together to make it a smooth type of, of content that's being put out there. Um, I think uh, what might be something happening as well is that there, there might be a little bit of maybe um, Alzheimer's or dementia or something like that on setting. Um, I read a, a couple of places here that uh, Vince could be heard in his office, uh, whether it was on a conference call or, or, or something, I can't remember exactly what it was now, but, uh, where his mind kind of went back to, um, draws days where draws could, uh, essentially make himself vomit on command. Yep. And, uh, Vince started coughing and, and, and said, Oh, I'm, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick. And then like, was dry heaving and then, you know, was kind of like, no, no, hold on. I, I can do, I can do this. I can do that. And then like, it, it was just weird. very, very uh, weird to, to hear that this was even, even something that was happening and going on. Um, so yeah, I think that there, that there could be a little bit of an onset of, of a, uh, a mental, um, situation happening here. And, and because of that, uh, and all the other stresses that Vince McMahon has right now between, you know, the XFL and, and, and between, uh, shareholders and stakeholders in the company and, and all everything that's going on. I, yeah. I think there's serious issues right now with Vince McMahon, unfortunately. Now you had mentioned about people kind of writing individual things. And I kind of led you into that. I, I think what a really good, comparison of something outside of professionally wrestling to give people some idea here. Uh, let's say if we were to take um, any kind of band out there, let's say Metallica, let's just throw Metallica. It would be like if each individual person in the band recorded and did their part uh, of a song all kind of by itself like whether okay the guitarist just recorded by himself and then the bass guitarist and the singer and the drummer if they all kind of recorded something separately and then just jammed it all together and expected it to sound good. And that's when you get Saint Anger. <laughs> oh, man. I, I can argue with it. You know, it's, uh, you might get me on a bit of a tangent. <laughs> I actually enjoyed that album. I, I think uh, the, the drums were recorded a little too loudly. I, that was my really only issue with that. Um, but I digress on that. But uh, I think you, I, hopefully that, that kind of made some sense there. But it, It's like getting a band to try and record together if they're all separate and then just jam everything together and expect it to sound like something. It's not going to. You need to. Yeah. Everybody has to work together for it to actually make a song. You know, with, with yep. just with sound with music, you, you can't just throw stuff up against the wall and expect it to sound good. You know, it, it has to actually make sense. So now having said this too, there are people who are not not defending uh, this whole approach. There are still people, especially on social media, that are still defending this, still saying that this is kind of great. And also saying that this is the one that really scratches, makes me scratch my head. And I want to get your opinion on that. The reason for the product being bad or for, for being 
for it being shit, I'll just throw it there for it being shit, is it's the fans' fault. It's the fans' fault that the product is bad. Do you think that there's anything to that? Because uh, I, I can't wrap my head around the idea. What, it's the fans' fault that the product sucks? That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I think the only way that that could make sense is if um, the fans were, were doing the writing and really telling the stories. Yep. Um, the fans are there to enjoy the show. Uh, now, maybe, I mean, if the fans aren't getting behind a storyline or something like that, then yeah, maybe, maybe it's, it's the fans fault for not getting behind it, but it's, it's not the fans job to get behind it. It's your job to get the fans behind it. Bingo. You nailed it. That's the difference. Right. Right. People are, are, are not only, you know, voicing their opinion with their voice or with their keyboards in this case, when it comes to social media, but they're also voting and voicing their opinions with their wallets now because in their time, because people aren't investing their time in the weekly WWE program because the company isn't investing time in them. That's the, yep. the perception that they're getting from all this. And then so fans like myself are moving away from WWE. Um, when it come, when things get back up and running, I'm going to be subscribing to New Japan World uh, on a monthly basis because they're putting on the kind of product that, that I want to see because being a lifelong fan for the better part of 30 years, I've been a fan just as long as I've known Carl, even a little bit longer that I, I do hold wrestling to a bit of a higher standard and I expect my wrestling to be good. And that shouldn't sound like an entitled kind of opinion. It's, it's something that we've been a lifelong part of and been a fan of and we want and expect it to be good, and rightfully so, because it should be good, and it can be good if you actually care. I think it comes back to wording with everything. So you have um, New Japan Pro Wrestling. You have All Elite Wrestling. You have Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then to top everything off at the top of the food chain, unfortunately, you have World Wrestling Entertainment. Yep. And that's where the difference comes in. The WWE is trying to give you an entertaining type of story for everything. And unfortunately, right now, things aren't being entertaining. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's I think that's where the biggest thing comes in is that uh, all these other companies are actually uh, kind of maybe staying true to old style and old school wrestling. And that's why we are enjoying it so much more. Bingo. And, you know, the, the empty arena shows, uh, you know, I'll get to this a little bit later too. Uh, that was a good temporary solution to kind of get us through this times, but it's getting to the point. I don't know how you feel in this, Carl, but I'm done with these empty arena shows, um, especially done by these larger companies. Uh, I understand for the smaller promotions, like our friends with CWE. Um, I don't know whether Kim with Ignite Wrestling will, will do empty arena shows. I'm, I'm assuming not because they, they're a promotion you know, that really feeds off the fans. And so does CWE. But, I mean, these companies need to stay afloat because they're not these big companies uh, like WWE and whatnot. But these empty arena shows done by these major promotions, specifically WWE and AEW, I'm, I'm over them. And I, I would honestly prefer them to just stop and just do some documentaries and stuff in the meantime, because I think that it's really taking away from the product and it's a detriment to it because the fans there in person are a big part of the experience, not only for us watching at home, but for the, the, the talent um, putting on the shows, they, f- they feed off that energy from the crowd. And without that there, it, it just, it, it feels completely wrong. The dynamics just aren't, aren't there anymore. So I, I would prefer that they just stop. And do something else in the meantime, do some documentaries, what have you. Um, the company like WWE can do that. Clearly, they do that stuff all the time. Just focus on that for the time being. And we can look back on the the older content and just kind of go from there. That's what New Japan and Ring of Honor, they're just holding off. Because especially in the Japanese wrestling world, we talked about that before. You know, we've talked to wrestlers that have wrestled in Japan, our friend Jazzy, for example, that that whole fan experience is completely different over there. And it's very integral to the actual product itself. And that's a big reason why that they're holding off. And they also don't want to put their fans and their talent in danger, given the certain the, what we're dealing with right now. So, I think for, for all elite wrestling, it's, 
it's okay. I, I'm 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 okay with it because they have a few uh, of the talent that's actually out there. Yeah. So it's giving it just a little bit of a dynamic to it. <clears throat> I'm I'm fine with that, and, and I'm okay with it too because I've I've worked shows where there have been like ten people in the crowd, and I still have to give it the exact same that I would if I'm in a crowd with you know ten thousand people. That's just what you do in the professional wrestling business. With the WWE, they, they're established. They've been around long enough that people know who the WWE is. So for them to maybe take a step back, they can kind of do a reset. Any storylines that were happening, if they had done this at the very beginning, instead of doing empty arena shows or empty shows, whatever, they, they could have just stopped everything. And then by the time they came back around two, three, four months later, people, most people would have kind of forgotten about these other storylines that have happened. And then they can build on new storylines and get new things going. So in that respect, it would have been a good idea for the WWE to have done that and just do retrospective shows like ring of honor has been doing. Mm -hmm. Like I said to do in the very beginning of this whole thing, but AEW, I don't think could have done that. They don't have enough content. They don't have enough rights to different content for them to be able to have done that. So the approach that they've taken I think is best for AEW right now. Yeah, I can agree to a certain extent there. And you know, with the, the WWE stuff, the expression that comes to mind is absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I think that that really uh, would have been the case there, especially with a lot of the really crappy storylines going on there uh, to just abandon those and just start back fresh. And, but obviously that's not going to be the case. So, um, we're just going to kind of watch it all kind of unfold. Having said that, you know, we had, we had been talking about Vince and this kind of leads into this next part of this topic. Now, when I'm talking about who's going to take over for Vince when he leaves, I am not referring to Vince McMahon as the character in WWE, not Vince McMahon, the, the guy in charge of WWE. I'm talking about being the CEO, being the owner of the company who should take over in that role once Vince either decides to leave, retires or dies, whichever happens. Who do you see filling that seat there, Carl? Triple H. Yeah. Um, I do. I mean, with everything that he's been doing and everything that he is, he's done with NXT, NXT UK, all, all of that. And, and still technically, inside the family then so it's still a family business for the wwe now whether they on paper it's it's in stephanie's name and then triple h is running things or if they uh if vince just decides you know what i'm gonna like all of my children are gonna have a piece of it but then just triple h is kind of running things in that vince mcmahon type of role i think any roundabout way that it really happens it's going to be triple h that's running things interesting uh, interesting take into a definite possibility uh for myself during the course of our week preparing preparing for this podcast here, Carl, not only am I you know, combing websites and watching wrestling content to get ideas uh, to do for Turnbuckle Talk here, I also deal and talk with a lot of our friends that we uh, we work with. Michael Jargo, uh, Rick Vickery, yeah. who I do the Wrestle po- uh, not the Wrestle Popcast, the uh, <laughs> the Hot Tag WrestleCast. There's so many things that we're kind of involved in and tied in. You know, our friends over at the Hameen Media Network as well. And specifically, though, Jar- Jargo, uh, talking to him about this this week and who could take over in um, in this role of being the CEO slash owner of the company. And he had a very interesting take that that I will um, latch on to and do as my pick as well, because I think it's a legitimate possibility. And this may blow your mind here, Carl, but I think you may also like it as well, because I know you're particularly fond of this company and the content that they put out. My pick to take over for Vince McMahon as the CEO slash owner of WWE. I'm slow running Carl. I'm going to tell him before he gets pissed off. I am talking about Mr. Robert Iger. Bob Iger, uh, the owner of Disney, is going to take over the role of Vince McMahon, or the, the role that will be vacated by Vince McMahon as the owner slash CEO of World, World Wrestling Entertainment. There you go. 
I, I definitely could see that. I knew exactly where you were going with it. Um, so I wasn't getting ticked off at all. Um, but yeah, like that, that's legitimately something that I can see. What does Disney own? Disney owns everything except yeah, the WWE right now, but Disney owns everything. Like, I mean, they have purchased up so many different things and, and, and just really have their hand in so much that I could definitely see that. Why not? Yep. Yeah. Like I said, it'll either be, I haven't really narrowed down to two possibilities if WWE is going to sell the entire company, which we've also talked about this on the WrestleCast this week with uh, Rick and we did have Jargo on for this as well. So when you listen to the episode, you'll be able to uh, to hear that, our take on that. It's not the whole company that's up for sale with this. And we've actually looked into this through multiple sources. It's the rights to the pay-per-views and, and that content that is up for sale, not the entire company. Um, but is this still something that could happen? Yeah. Is this still something that could happen potentially, but as of right now, it's not the entire company that's up for sale. People need to get over themselves. This is something again, that's all over social media and people think that they know everything of what's going on with this. And it just is not the case. The entire company is not for sale. I can't stress that (laughs) enough people. It's not the case. And for, for right now, with just even the pay-per-view rights, um, it is, it's something that definitely we could see uh, Disney kind of latching onto sure. um, as cool. well. Uh, different sports networks, like we could have uh, TSN or we could have ESPN, uh, possibly Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, who is Fox owned by? Oh, Fox is owned by Disney, right? Yeah. So in a roundabout way, Disney, uh, yet again, right? So, I mean, yeah, like just for right now, the pay-per-view rights, definitely I could see it going to a company outside of the Vince McMahon family lineage. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I would be okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. I would be fine with that. At the end of the day, when Vince McMahon is uh, done with owning the company, whether that is on his own volition or whether that is death taking him, Either way, I think that the uh, the family name of McMahon is still going to hold sure. an ownership in the company. But for the pay-per-view rights, at least, that we're talking about now that are kind of in talks and in stages of possibly being put out there to someone else, yeah, I, I could see it being Disney. What other names, Big Joe, have you seen or heard or even can think of yourself besides like ESPN, Fox, uh, you know, Disney, anything like that. What other names do you think could possibly be in a running for pay-per-view rights? Again, the wording of that is very crucial, the pay-per-view rights. Again, we're not talking the whole company. Fox isn't going to buy the WWE. That's a big one that I see out there that is not going to happen. A, a, a television network like Fox is not going to buy this product, especially given, you know, their dealings with SmackDown and they were not impressed. So they're sure as hell aren't going to buy the entire company. Now, when it comes to the pay-per-view rights, again, I think that's the important part here. I'm thinking either Disney, which uh, they could then tie that into the Disney Plus subscription. You could put uh, the shows onto Disney Plus. You can maybe up that price or do like a premium of where you can get Disney Plus included with the, the WWE stuff and pay maybe like an extra two, three, four, five dollars, whatever it'll be. Or as I've said before, you tie it into the Amazon Prime subscription because then you could you could because they already do a Prime Video. You could tie that into that and up the price of that a little bit. And then also you have another distribution for merchandise through Amazon, right? Because Amazon is a big place where people buy a lot of products from now, especially nowadays, you know, we can't go shopping everywhere that we want. Amazon is a big deal. And I think that, um, it's going to be one of those two. I think it's going to be Amazon or it's going to be Disney, uh, that, that gets into this deal. I, I agree. Yeah. Either or. Yep. Uh, cause you just, you just have to think, like I said, with the merchandise, it, it's be such a powerful thing, uh, through Amazon, especially if you were to tie it into the prime membership, you'd have to up the price of it a little bit, but I think that there'd be enough people, um, that would be interested in that because Amazon's friggin' huge. Like they're probably one of the biggest companies going around right now. 
Yeah, def- definitely they are. Yeah. And then you have the Disney aspect. I mean, they even own freaking Star Wars and all the rights to it. Uh, the, you know, the park down in Florida and all that. That's all Disney. And yep. um, you know, so that'd be another really powerful thing too. And they have the brand recognition of Disney as well, right? Which I mean, everybody knows Disney. So, Yes. All right, so before we take our break here and do our showstopper segment, we're going to do our match of the week segment, which we were talking before we were recording here, and I believe that only once uh, we've picked the same pick, which I believe was two weeks ago now where we picked uh, the same pick here. So we're going to see if it's going to happen again here. Um, I think I I went first last week, so I'm going to let you make your pick this week here, Carl, and I will sit by with bated breath to see if I pick the same thing as you or not. My pick this week is a, in my mind at least, an A-plus match coming out of all elite wrestling. We are looking a semi-final tournament match for the TNT Championship, Cody versus Darby Allen. There you go. Excellent pick. I thought that was a, a good match. Um, would have benefited to there being a crowd, but it was still pulled off uh, very well. And I definitely enjoyed that. We do not have the same pick uh, this week here, Carl, which is good. Um, I'm rewinding the clock for mine here. I was originally going to plan uh, for something else, but then I realized I had picked it before, so I had to axe that pick. Um, but this one is coming from a entirely different company as you. We are talking about from Ring of Honor, and we are going all the way back to the War of the Worlds tour in 2014 for a matchup between Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kevin Steen. Um, wow, this this is these are two guys who are in WWE now, and this is an example of what you can really do with these guys if you were to just let them be themselves. Definitely it is. That's uh, something that we have talked about many, many times before is how the WWE seems to water down all of these talent that they pick up from other promotions. Uh, Amazing stuff coming from both of those guys in other promotions. And now to really throw them in there into the WWE watered down really doesn't have the same effect, especially for us professional wrestling fans who have seen what they can do. Now we just kind of sit there and and yawn and we're (laughs) bored because we know what they can actually do. Especially, you know, dealing with the the one in this match uh, we talked about before with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. And they had their match in WWE. And I mean, that could have been so much more too because they had had fantastic matches together. Uh, Actually, in real time too, I'm going to send Carl a link uh, to my pick for match of the week as well so that he can enjoy this and we might even uh, share this out on our social media page so other people can check this out because this was a fantastic match that if you're a fan of either of these guys you need to check this out this was really really well done we definitely will then we will put it out to our social media on uh, facebook so make sure that you go to facebook.com and search out tb talk pod mm-hmm. you will definitely find us that way uh, fb.me slash TB Talk Pod will take you right to that. Go ahead and go there and uh, make sure that you give that uh, page a like and make sure that you follow us on our Facebook page. Absolutely. Now, just some brief breaking news before we go to our uh, Showstopper segment. Um, I don't know if you have seen this pop up at all, but I thought it was very interesting. And I'm just uh, looking it up uh, briefly just to, to get a the right date on this for when this is happening. Yep. So the uh, the upcoming Money in the Bank pay-per-view, um, which, again, uh, it, it's tough to me to call them pay-per-views because they really aren't at this point, is going to take place on Sunday, May 10th at the WWE Global Headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. And we had mentioned before in a previous episode that the briefcase will be on the roof of the building uh, with a ring up there as well. Now, something else has happened with this match here, Carl, because from what I have seen in multiple, multiple places, again, uh, I try and, and look for this in multiple places to make sure this is the case, that the men's and women's Money in the Bank ladder match will be happening at the exact same time. Um, I have been seeing the exact same reports coming out simultaneously. We are going to have the men's and women's money in the bank ladder match. I don't know about that. Climbing the corporate ladder. Literally, literally. Uh, 
I don't know how that's going to work. Logistically, it just it has cluster, you know what, written all over it. Yes. I mean, it's an interesting, unique concept, but just I don't know how you pull it off. Like just personnel-wise, like even just talent-wise, filming it-wise, just it's, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I don't know. Uh, I, I hope it's going to be good, but I just, I, I don't know how it can be. Uh, there's just going to be too many bodies in the way. There definitely is. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to kind of see. I, I have uh, seen reports as well that Vince McMahon really wants to go very cinematic with this. Yep. And uh, that even even so far as to um, simulate falling off of a building. <laughs> Spoiler, Jesus. maybe. We'll have to see. Yeah. But... Yeah, so I mean, he wants to go very cinematic with it. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of play both of, you know, the genders, the the males and the females, um, in pretty much together trying to win this match and make it cinematic at the same time. Uh, yeah, this is just re- getting really confusing. Yeah, <laughs> the only other uh, couple things I think are anywhere near notable. Uh, to bring up here, a couple of quick WWE things here. Uh, it looks like a certain person working at commentary wants to make an in-ring return. And we're talking about Mr. Corey Graves. Um, that I'm not sure about. I, I think he's been away a little too long to kind of get back in there. Uh, then again, he's really not that great in the commentary role either. I, I, I thought he made a good first impression when he first started doing it. I was pretty high on him. But then it just it got to all the petty kind of squabbling stuff and uh, that uh, kind of started to annoy me with him. But uh, as for an in return, uh, I don't know about that. You know, I, I don't want to shatter anybody's dreams and aspirations, but I don't know. Uh, that's a tough one for me. Yeah, for me as well, I mean... Have we seen comeback stories? Definitely we have. We we just recently saw Edge with a comeback story uh, looking in even better shape than he did when he was uh, working with the WWE. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there could be a comeback story, but after everything that he's been doing on commentary, how do you really fit that in? That's yeah. the biggest thing. So tying in with that as well with Corey Graves, he does a quote unquote podcast uh, for the WWE called After the Bell. It's really just a very WWE centric shill type of podcast program. That's that's really all it is. If you listen to it, it's it's nothing really spectacular in my opinion. Um, Then again, I'm pretty biased with our content. But uh, Jeff Hardy was on there recently and said who he wants to have his last match in WWE, his retirement match. And he wants to have his match with Randy Orton. Um, I would have said Matt Hardy, but obviously that's not going to be <laughs> able to be done now because Matt's over in AEW. But, uh, if, if Jeff were to have a full, an actual pro wrestling retirement match, I would want it to be against his own brother. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Yep. I would. I mean, Randy is, is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not uh, taking anything from Randy Orton. I think he's probably one of the most talented professional wrestlers out there still. Uh, even just when it comes to the ability in the ring, uh, forget character work and all that. I always thought he was one of the best professional wrestlers out there because he really honed his craft and when came up through and really earned his spot there. But um, as for a last match with, with Jeff Hardy, I, I don't know. I, I think that you could do so much more with Jeff and Matt. And just that there's so much there you can work off in uh, experience wise and storyline wise, but, uh, it's one of the things we'll have to wait and see. I think it's probably still a good few years off, if not more. So things could change. Definitely. So we just want to leave off on a good note for some breaking news story. It is coming out of Odessa, Florida. Say whatever you want about this man here. This guy is, is a heart of gold. Okay. So, there's there's a, a seven year old uh, battling a life threatening illness in Odessa, Florida, and Mister, let's call him Mister Make a Wish, Mister mm. Make a Wish John Cena, put on gloves, put on a mask, and went and made this kid's day by visiting him at his home. An amazing story. Mm. No, no matter what you think of John Cena for anything that he's done within the WWE, you you can't say that this isn't 
you know, a great thing that this, that this guy has done. I mean, granting well over 600 wishes in, in his span of time with make a wish. And even in a pandemic, him not being afraid to go out and still make someone else's day, I think is a fantastic story. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you on that one. All right, man, we're going to take a brief break here. We're going to come back with our show stopper segment and we have an interesting one and it's going to tie into a bit with our first topic of the episode here. So we'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Collar and Elbow. Visit CollarandElbowBrand.com where you can get 15% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, including this week's featured item, the Good Brothers Dojo t-shirt. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carefell back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, everyone, and welcome to the greatest segment in the history of podcasting. We are talking about our show stopper segment. Yeah, Carl. So we had mentioned earlier in the episode, we were talking about the episode of Dark Side of the Ring with the whole Dr. D segment, you know, and, and we did touch on some Jim Cornette stuff as well, you know, talking about the history and the kayfabe in the professional wrestling business. And that's the, the question and the topic for this week. Can professional wrestling ever return to the days of kayfabe? Um, that, that's a question I've been asked by some other people, you know, casual fans and some fans of our podcast and professional wrestling fans in general, is if we could ever get back to those days, it would be extremely difficult to get back to those days just because all of it's already been, everything's already been exposed. It's already all kind of out there. And to get people to forget all that would be, I think next to impossible. Um, It would really take, basically everything to kind of go away for a good portion of time and then to have it come back again, which I mean, I I guess could have technically been possible during this whole pandemic situation, but you know, there are businesses and other vested interests at hand here that a lot of these places, you know, like WWE, they can't just stop. Uh, They still have to put out something. So it would be extremely difficult for people to forget um, the ins and outs of the behind the scenes aspect of professional wrestling. Short answer for myself. No, there is not a time where we will be able to get back to 100% kayfabe. It's just not going to happen. The age that we live in today with the internet and with everything that's out there and available for us, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, generations know mm-hmm. now right so unless professional wrestling stops for the next five generations of people <laughs> and then can restart again that way with kayfabe um yeah other than that no i, I really don't think that it will having said that then in, in the meantime you know with the the modern day situation here is there a way that we can not reset things, but to kind of protect things a little bit more. Because uh, I know that one angle that's, or, or one approach that's been kind of thrown out there, and, and again, uh, I'm going to mention our uh, friend, Mr. Michael Jargo, is that when it comes to the stuff, you roll credits at the end of the program. You say, okay, you know, here's a Colby Lopez as Seth Rollins. Here's so-and-so as this person. And then that way we can make the distinction. It's like, okay, so... We have, we make that distinction. Okay. This is this person as this character and then kind of make that separation there for people so that when, especially when there's these interactions on social media that we, okay, you know, this is Colby Lopez making this comment or making this observation, not the Seth Rollins character doing this. You, you could, but then it's not professional wrestling anymore. No, and it's exactly. a television show and it's right. It, it I, I think that personally that would take away completely from what professional wrestling actually is. Then it's just an entertainment. It's a movie. It's a, you know, a three hour movie when a pay-per-view comes on or it's a, you know, an hour long TV show that's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's all it would feel like to me. But for WWE, that's the, the approach and what they're going towards anyways. Right. So, you know, this again brings up the fact or, you know, the observation that we made, we, okay, we have WWE as the sports entertainment entity, and then we have New Japan Pro Wrestling, we have Ring of Honor Wrestling, we have Impact Wrestling, we have Major League Wrestling, you know, we have professional wrestling over here and WWE over here. I think it, 
what we have to do is just we have to make that clear split now. The WWE is its own separate thing, and then there's everybody else over here on this side. Because people are still t- trying to tell me that WWE is professional wrestling, and I have to say a hard no, and that WWE is no longer professional wrestling. It is sports entertainment, especially when you put it up against a company like specifically New Japan Pro Wrestling. They are not this in the same league anymore. It's nowhere near the same. Yeah, I, I agree. It is nowhere near the same. And going just with uh, local promotions and your local feds as well. Uh, those are companies that put on professional wrestling. Um, you can go check these out too for people who are still latching on and trying to defend and trying to really sell this WWE stuff to me. You're not just restricted to, to that. And this is something that we've harped on all the time, that there's all this other great professional wrestling. If, if you really feel that WWE isn't giving you your pro wrestling content, which they arguably are not, there's lots of other um, avenues and, and, and roads to take. And it's not just to do with the internet or television. There's a lot of this stuff happening, not, maybe not right now, uh, given the situation. But once we get back to quote-unquote normalcy, there is lots of great professional wrestling to watch in person, folks. There definitely is. Whether it's in person or whether it is online, like YouTube, Twitch, anything like that, great content coming from, uh, we've mentioned before, companies like Canadian Wrestling's Elite, uh, Impact Wrestling, uh, let's go Ignite Wrestling, let's go uh, MLW, uh, you know, like all these different companies that are out there that are putting content out for us in an actual professional wrestling standpoint, Ring of Honor, they put stuff out there onto YouTube as well. Um, all Elite Wrestling with uh, with the uh, with Dark, right? NWA. This, this is all great content that's there, that's available for you. So it's just a matter of picking and choosing what you prefer to watch. And if you're continuing to just sit there and be in disgust <laughs> from what you're watching, then that's your own fault because you, you've you got options available. And people have asked me to, when it comes to WWE, it's like, well, can they get back to just being professional wrestling and no more of this, all this side kind of stuff? At this point, again, my response has to be no. Because they're tied into so many of these other things, you know, they, they make movies, the, the, their matches are kind of turning into movies, they do all, the, all this social media stuff and all of this other stuff um, with television networks and all that, they're kind of stuck in the position that they're at. They, they can't. Uh, current day get back to that state they just they they can't there's too many like i said too many other vested interests there's too many companies that are um in this money wise now that, that, that they can't just revert back to just being professional wrestling and just shut everything out that they're just not in a position to unfortunately uh, i would like to see it but realistically it's just not in the cards for the foreseeable future yeah i would have to agree so it it, it is what it is Okay, man. Well, I guess that about uh, wraps up for this week, unless you got anything else that you want to talk about uh, that's happened this week in the world of professional wrestling. Um, taking a look, scrolling through, there really isn't much more that I'm seeing. Um, yeah, unfortunately not. Um, we'll just have to uh, kind of watch the news sites and uh, hope we get some more stuff to bring you guys next week on Turnbuckle Talk. Yep, absolutely. And I guess the only other uh, uh, plug that I'll kind of mention is my other podcast. I, I'm, of course, uh, one, of ha- one of the main hosts and the producer of the Hot Tag WrestleCast with uh, our friend, Mr. Richard Bronson Vickery. He wanted to make sure I, I refer to him as Richard Bronson Vickery because his middle name is Bronson, uh, for all of you who wondered, by the way. And we, we had some really cool stuff this week here. We uh, celebrated Taco Tuesday uh, because uh, the episode of the WrestleCast is coming out on Tuesday alongside Turnbuckle Talk uh, for the first Seabill Future as well. So we... we uh, uh, celebrate a Taco Tuesday because, as you all are aware, I am a big fan of tacos. I know Carl likes tacos as well. Rick's like tacos, and uh, tacos seem to be a pretty popular food around here. Uh, and we did talk to Jargo about the the future of New Japan Pro Wrestling kind of going forward, uh, which is uh, very very interesting. Uh, he's actually be starting up his own podcast called Destino very soon, and I'm very much looking forward to hearing uh, his. Uh, take on uh, all of that stuff as well and we also talked about we have a regular segment on uh, that um, on the wrestlecast now called hitting the marked hearts which uh, 
is a term that we've used on this podcast, and it also kind of ties into the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling podcast that uh, both Rick and Jargo were part of, so we kind of tie that into a segment, and we had some interesting stuff there as well. And uh, it was just, it was a really good uh, record this weekend. And we were also uh, blessed by the presence of an interview with Mr. Jackson Breeze. For those of you who are not familiar of who he is, he is the former co-owner and promoter of HWA. Um, and they were pretty much a, a training ground for a lot of the wrestlers involved in the attitude era. I mean, that man has had the the pleasure to work with uh, a lot of really important talent that was around at that time. And it was also, also involved currently with future great wrestling as well. So uh, you'll get to hear that interview this week. It was fantastic. And uh, some very interesting and some very cool incidents from that man as well. So, and before we uh, forget to maybe make a brief mention for a caller and Carl, before we go. That's right, collarandelbowbranded.com. They have some amazing new merchandise drops lately that they've been putting out. They, they slacked for a little bit, but given everything that's been going on, we understand. Uh, Mr. Al Snow has been very busy with OVW and helping to get OVW rejuvenated and back out there. Check out OVW, actually, on YouTube. They have a weekly show as well. Go to collarandelbowbrand.com. It is available at all of our social media, a clickable link for you to click on. So much cool stuff over there. So many new t-shirts that they've put out there. And if you use our promo code JKPODCAST, you can get yourself 10% off your entire order. Not only are you saving money, but you are also helping support us at Turnbuckle Talk. There you go. Absolutely. All right, man. We will uh, end it off for this week, and we'll see you on the next one. Have a nice day. It's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows we have you can find that all at givingthebucks.com. Run.